You're listening to the Canterbury Mornings Podcast with John McDonald from Newstalk ZB. Now, I have never, yeah, never, I have never negotiated a merger. And I have never negotiated an acquisition. And maybe Christopher Luxon never has either. I think we might learn a bit more about that this week, going by some of the media interest over the weekend. But even though I've never done a merger or an acquisition deal, Despite all that, I still think I can teach our incoming Prime Minister a thing or two. Because here we are heading into another week of coalition talks between National Act and New Zealand First, and after all the toing and froing from the Cordes Hotel in Auckland over the weekend, still don't have a government. A lot of weirdness to it all, the whole thing. I mean, for starters, since when have we had coalition talks in a hotel outside Wellington? I remember these things generally happening at Parliament since our first MMP election in 1996. So all the showy stuff's a bit weird. But the bit about it all that seems so obvious to me, but not to the great negotiator, it seems, is why didn't he sort out all this tricky, sticky stuff right at the start instead of leaving it till now? You know, the sticky stuff or the sticky things or the tricky stuff or the tricky things that I'm referring to are was two main ones. New Zealand First's Opposition to Nationals' plan to tax rich foreigners buying houses here to help pay for the tax plan. And Nationals' weariness of Act's plan for a referendum on the Treaty of Waitangi principles. As you probably know by now, Act and New Zealand First, they've actually found some common ground on the treaty referendum idea, which is obviously going to be a bit of a... going to be a bit of fly in the ointment for National, put it that way. So why on earth didn't National sort this out right at the start? Then Luxon would have known whether there was any hope in hell, or at least a, a realistic chance, of him forming the strong, stable government we keep hearing about. So, you know, when you look back now, of course, it was easy for Luxon to stride past the cameras in the early stages and bang on about making great progress. Of course he could say that. When his plan was to leave the tricky, sticky stuff to the end, they probably were making great progress if all they were doing was the easy stuff first. Not so great now, though, eh? By the end of the day yesterday, he wasn't talking about progress. He was talking about the meeting with Winston Peters being, quote, helpful. Now, you'll have your own interpretation of what that means. My interpretation, if you want to know, my interpretation is that Luxon was saying that the meeting was helpful because he got a better idea or a better understanding of why Winston was digging his heels in. That's pure speculation on my part. Uh, you'll probably have your own theory. And that's the bit today that I don't get, because even me, who isn't the great negotiator, or even me, who doesn't claim to be the great negotiator, I can see a mile away that this is turning into a cock-up, if it isn't already. What was Luxon's plan? What was Luxon's plan, do you reckon? You think the plan was to get Winston Peters and David Seymour so far down the track with all the simple stuff that they'd cave in on the tricky stuff, because he thought they'd already be seeing themselves in government. You know, you know what it's like. You know exactly what it's like. You apply for a job, you get an interview, then maybe a second interview, and this is over a few weeks, and by then you're drafting your resignation letter in your head, you're practising the farewell speech, you're working out the best route to take to get to the new job in the mornings, and then they offer you the job, but the pay is less than you wanted. But you're so invested in it that you just say, oh, OK, all right, love to. Is that how Christopher Luxon saw it all playing out, do you think? Because if he did, he's cocked it up, big time. The way things are going, even getting to next year's APEC conference might be a bit of a stretch. A slight exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Either way, 
His minimal political experience versus David Seymour and Winston Peters' political experience is proving to be his Achilles heel. Remember all the big talk on election night? I'll, I'll quote Christopher Luxon. This is what he said just over five weeks ago. Quote, I'm going to use the next three weeks until the special votes are fully counted to actually progress the relationships and the arrangements with each individual party. And that's now starting to look like a lot of hot air, isn't it? And if not hot air, at best political naivety. Because I was reading Matthew Hutton's column in the Herald at the weekend and he was saying that Luxon's a talker, not a listener. And he reckons there's growing frustration within National with his I-know-best approach. And no wonder Jerry Brownlee went AWOL when he was supposed to be on with Mike this morning talking about the Middle East. And no wonder National's chief media advisor apparently had his phone switched off when they were chasing or trying to find Jerry because they'll all be cringing at how this is all playing out. It is an absolute shambles. For more from Canterbury Mornings with John McDonald, listen live to News Talks at B Christchurch from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.